Did you ask yourself, why am I listening to this podcast right now? Uh, have you asked yourself, am I in need of a reality check? Is there something wrong with me? And honestly, these are very important questions to ask yourselves every single day. And personally, I think people really associate the term reality check as sort of like an empathetic thing. Um, and to be honest, I don't need to be in the trenches or at rock bottom to need a reality check. But of course, being at rock bottom requires me to get you know, a hold of myself and overcome certain obstacles. But I can most definitely be genuinely happy and satisfied in life to you know, get this reality check as well. Um, and for those who may not know, a reality check is... Uh, in my words, the realization of the possibilities and opportunities that open up for you uh, to become a, you know, ultimately a better version of yourself. Um, you know, there could be a misunderstanding and dissociation with disassociation with uh, the terms reality check and dreaming. Uh, dreams, right? Dreams, you know, they're, they're a beautiful thing. They really are. You know, they're great, cool. Um, but... You know, for example, Walt Disney, uh, for example, claims that dreams and a little bit of magic was the driving force of Disney World and Disney Studios and the Disney that we all love and know and adore today. But you got to realize that dreams are only going to stay as dreams if you allow it. Uh, my boy, Walt, had several, multiple moments and occasions in his life where a lot of his dreams failed. You know, and during his 20s, he was a young draftsman, uh, a person who writes storyboards and drafts, pretty much draftsmen, okay? Um, and around 1919, yeah, it was that long ago, Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks teamed up. You know, at the age of 22 or 23, I guess, his love and interest for moving film and moving cinema and animated drawings coming to life uh, became a huge part of him and Walt and Up decided to open up their own Laughogram films. While working at another animation studio during the day, um, you know, they decided to open it up and, you know, like any other businessmen, um, you know, they hoped to make profit. And they were able to get $15,000 of investments somehow. I don't know. Um, you know, and $50,000 back then is equivalent to $236,000 today. Um, you know, you may be wondering, how did it go? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of a laughogram? No. So because of that, um, they actually went bankrupt in a month. I honestly don't know how they got bankrupt in less than a month, but I remember that this caused Disney and iWorks to, you know, be on the verge of homelessness. That's a reality check. Shit just got real. So then Walt moves to Hollywood to pursue directing and writing instead. Um, he decides to partner up with his brother, uh, Ray or Roy. I don't know. Someone let me know which one that is. Um, and decided to start fresh, rename his entire studio to Disney Brothers Studio. Um, 
and during the time of the Disney Brothers Studios' reign, they made the infamous Alice in Wonderland on Hyperion Street. Um, and that building on Hyperion Street became later known as Hyperion Studio. So with the success of Alice in Wonderland and other uh, short skits and stories, iWorks, my boy of iWorks, comes back into the picture. And I honestly have no idea where he went, but hey, he's back. And uh, with their success and their growing audience, they were then contracted to a film distributor uh, named Charles Mintz. Um, Disney, along with iWorks and uh, other animators, made uh, the one character that everyone adores and loves. You guessed it. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And you know, oh, wait. You, you thought I was going to say Mickey? Mickey? You no, know, Mickey doesn't come until like five, six years later. Pfft. Okay, okay. Well, to be fair, I, I kind of led you up to the conclusion of, you know, saying Mickey Mouse. But, you know, before Mickey Mouse, there was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And for that, I apologize. But at the same time, I wasn't entirely wrong. Because Oswald the Lucky Rabbit actually gained a lot of popularity. Especially for its short stories, skits, and slapstick humor. It, it blew up, especially in the late Roaring Twenties. And it's okay. It's okay to be wrong earlier, because who in the hell remembers Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? You know, you'd be more luckier to hear or heard of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Um, probably never heard of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit as well, because... Its last appearance was in 1928. Yeah, a while ago. You know, when good old Oswald was first born, or I should say animated in this case, it was under the name of Charles Mintz. Because remember, he was the film distributor. And I think, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Mintz? Mintz? Mints. I mean, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I don't know. I don't care. Okay, so when Disney and iWorks proposed uh, a larger budget for themselves, uh, basically saying that they want better pay and more pay, um, you know, the larger budget would not only pay themselves, but also open up the possibility of further continuing uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and possibly other characters. Mints goes, Oh, um, I, uh, without you guys knowing, I actually bought out your entire animation staff. Uh, I now own your studio, and pretty much I own all of the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And pretty much without me, you wouldn't even be here or be recognized. So, yeah, best of luck to you, Walt and Ub. Uh, screw you guys, I'm going to make money with what you guys left me. So, peace. Reality check. Like, isn't it crazy that people can be dicks? And I say reality check because people can be dicks. And it's it's extremely vital that you cut people out of your life that don't share or support the same vision that you have. And in this case, Walt and Ub walk out and you know, they pretty much abandon Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Not so lucky now, right? But what a dick move by Charles. I mean, just thinking about it just makes me... I don't know. I shouldn't be mad. But, you know, I guess I can say that that dream literally fell down the rabbit hole. And, okay, 
not a funny joke. Okay, definitely not a funny joke. I, you know, I try to use the rabbit hole and Oswald. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the story. Halfway. Um, but I just first want to say that a lot of people, a ton of people, would give up at this point, don't you think? You know, not to sound pessimistic, but looking back at history and you know, screw it. Even looking at people now. A lot of people have their limits. Um, a lot of people have that certain threshold that is capped where, you know, if it overflows or if it becomes too much to bear, they could break down, fall, give up, call it off. And this can be with work, school, relationships, sports, life, you name it. But Walt, out of all people, Walt took those falls and setbacks and crushed dreams and harsh realities and used it as motivation to create something better. That same year, 1928, that same year, Walt creates Mickey Mouse. And now everyone pretty much knows the story from there on. Mickey Mouse was a national sensation. You know, Mickey was pretty much known by every child in the United States of America by 1929. You know, with more shorts, skits, stories, films, cartoons being produced by the newly named Walt Disney Studios, Walt then thought, I guess, dreamt of a new idea. Another reality check. He dreamt of a place where every child, every parent, every person can feel a little bit more magical as they meet and venture and greet all of their favorite characters. And I don't need to explain what that place is. We all know that place. But that place was not, I repeat, was not built solely on dreams, as many people would say. You know, it was actually a lot of ups and downs uh, and many, 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 many reality checks. But look at where Disney got to us. Look at where Disney made their mark during our childhood. Look at where Disney is in your heart. The point of this podcast was to show that reality checks can happen at any time. Reality checks are there to teach us a lesson, not to give us pity. Reality checks keep us moving. And, you know, there are, you know, aren't always considered driven by negative moments slash events in our lives, but the question that we can ask is, can we prevent or predict reality checks? No, not really. But what we can control and can do is to accept that reality checks happen for a reason. We may not know this reason, but deciding on what to do with it and how to handle it is what makes us either a better person or a stagnant person. And you may have already encountered some of these so-called reality checks. And it's okay if you haven't yet, but let me say one thing. Take a long look at your life and review it. Is there a pattern with your decisions throughout your life? Do you ever wonder if you can change habits, goals, careers, or decisions yesterday, today? tomorrow realities can happen within any moment of those times so if you're listening to this podcast sit back 
and look back. If something drastic were to happen today, that opens up doors and multiple opportunities and possible life-changing decisions. Will you be ready to commit to a choice? Will you really know what you want? Do you think you'll be afraid to make a decision then? Well, I'll leave that decision up to you. No matter what your decision is, just remember this: share this podcast with other people that you feel like, you know, are dreamers. Listen to this again before committing to something or committing to a choice. But always remember: be open, be kind, be you, and be creative. Walt would actually like the last one. See you guys in the next episode.